Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allendary, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Dr. Eric Griggs, Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noids Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk to you about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our daily live show that airs at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. And now, Ebola. So it's easy to forget that other diseases exist. This week, we had a stark reminder when a new Ebola outbreak was reported in the Democratic Republic of Congo. This country has been experiencing an Ebola outbreak since 2018. In March, the outbreak was almost considered over when the last patient had been virus-free for two months, two incubation periods. But just before the two months was up, another patient popped up with the disease and the count had to start again. This week, though, Tests confirmed another cluster of positive Ebola tests on the other side of the country from the previous outbreak. Five people have died and another four are currently being treated in a hospital. The country has been limiting travel for months due to COVID-19, and they're hoping that these measures will also limit the spread of Ebola so it can be contained quickly with as little loss of life as possible. Doc, I'm a little nervous. You have experience with Ebola, right? <clears throat> so actually I do uh, during the 2014-2015 uh, Ebola epidemic. Uh, in West Africa. But here, uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo has been hit hard by disease over the past few years. Besides an Ebola outbreak, they are in the midst of many COVID-19 cases, and of course, they've been battling malaria as well. The health system of the country is already stretched thin dealing with malaria and COVID-19, so a new Ebola outbreak could be devastating. Currently, the WHO is one of the primary responders to the public health problem, especially like one like Ebola. But with COVID-19 taking up a lot of their bandwidth and their current financial insecurity, we hope that they will be able to create a robust and effective response to help prevent another disaster. Now, Doc Griggs, on a personal note, coordinated Ebola responses are complicated on its own. But when you add another viral pandemic like COVID-19, I'm afraid that a more severe epidemic, an additive one, may complicate matters even worse, which could potentially lead to more loss of life. New data on how COVID-19 are affecting sexually transmitted infections. Now, the coronavirus pandemic resulted in worldwide lockdowns and social distancing measures, dramatically curtailing movement and interactions between people. One side effect is more limited opportunity for sexual contact between those who were not previously partnered. So what should we expect in regards to sexually transmitted infections, also known as STIs? So far, it's looking like a mixed bag. In some countries with established telemedicine, this may be an opportunity to slow the transmission of STIs and start with a lower burden as social distancing protocols are eased. In other areas, the lockdown has meant less access to already limited STI care, and in those cases, we will likely find similar levels or perhaps even increases, and we'll learn about that as more data emerges. In Britain, the Association for Sexual Health and HIV describes the lockdowns and social distancing as offering unusual once-in-a-lifetime opportunity 
to break the chain of infection of STIs. They report that many physicians are seeing large drops in requests for STI-related medications. One physician stated that approximately 80% of people who would normally request PrEP, which stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is used to prevent HIV, have said it wasn't required as they weren't having sex as a result of the lockdown. In Ireland, the most recent data from the Health Protection Surveillance Center reported that the number of new STI cases from the start of the year until May 23rd reflected a 21% decrease in chlamydia infections and 18% decrease in gonorrhea. General herpes dropped by 31% and syphilis by 25%. Doc, STIs, COVID. I think we're making some progress here, but tell me what your thoughts are. Well, I'll tell you what, it sure is interesting. While there does seem to be some early positive signs, we can't forget that the same report did show a 17% increase in HIV over the same time last year. Additionally, several of the doctors worry that if people vigorously return to their previous behaviors as social distancing restrictions relax, it may not take long to get back to earlier rates. You also mentioned a great point earlier, namely that in areas where it's more challenging to access healthcare, even when we're not in a pandemic, we may actually be looking at an upward trend in STIs. I say stay safe. This is early data, so we can't celebrate anything just yet. HIV and COVID-19. As an HIV physician, I've spent a lot of time reading about the relationship between HIV infection, antiviral medications, and COVID-19. People living with HIV infection often have suppressed immune function, but it is unknown how this might affect patients co-infected with the virus that causes COVID-19. Fortunately, studies about disease and risk in this population are now being published. One recent study in Madrid examined 51 patients with COVID-19 living with HIV and compared them to COVID-19 negative persons living with HIV. It found that there does not appear to be any evidence that people living with HIV have a higher COVID-19 infection rate or different disease course than those without HIV. The data did, however, show a higher prevalence of underlying health issues like hypertension and diabetes, obesity, and kidney disease in patients living with HIV who were co-infected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus. In other words, those risk factors increase the likelihood of infection with the virus. As we all know, these are the factors that increase risk for mortality as well. It is important to note that further study is necessary, particularly in those cases with high HIV viral loads as these studies only included patients consistently using antiretrovirals whose HIV viral load was well controlled. In my personal opinion, I believe that those who have detectable HIV viral loads are likely to have more complications. Now, speaking of antiretrovirals, Doc Griggs, can you explain to us why HIV antiviral medications have been proposed for the use in the treatment and prevention of COVID-19 infection? Sure, Doc. Specific drugs have been developed to block the replication of HIV in infected cells. When severe acute respiratory disease, or SARS, broke out in 2003, a specific HIV medication was shown to inhibit the virus that causes SARS as well. As both HIV and SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, cause disease via viral transmission, 
it makes sense to test the function of existing antiviral medications against this novel virus. Unfortunately, as of now, clinical data have demonstrated that these highly specific drugs designed to fight HIV are not good treatment options for COVID-19. In hospitalized patients with severe COVID-19, no benefit was observed with HIV medications. More research needs to be done before we can make any definitive conclusions. COVID-19 Silver Linings Throughout the pandemic, news stories have bombarded us with the detrimental impacts of this pandemic. Even as we begun to turn a corner and see countries start to open and mortality declining, we're faced with more heavy news about who's been disproportionately affected. At times, it's easy to feel frozen with the weight of the world right now. So in order not to lose hope, it's important to consider some of the silver linings or positive aspects that we're seeing emerge along the way. We will therefore be kicking off a regular feature in the Noise Filter podcast called Silver Linings, where we will feature stories with happy endings and outcomes which are better in our current circumstances than they might have been otherwise. We have a small tease for you today, touching briefly on a couple of stories which we plan to cover in more depth in upcoming episodes. Number one, the environment. Recent reports have reflected significant improvement in the natural environment since the start of the quarantine. Beautiful images have emerged all over the world, revealing clearer bodies of water, less polluted skies, and animal species residing in places they usually avoid. Number two, communication. The New York Times published an article that reported on the recent increase in phone calling. This previously declining communication platform is now making a comeback. Young adults interviewed explain how they began calling their parents weekly or even on a daily basis. The need to stay connected is greater now in this time of separation and isolation leading to a rediscovery of the telephone. Physically connected, yet socially distant, and by the phone. Doc, who knew? Well, I remember the telephone, but I'm <laughs> sure... <laughs> yes, but, you do. But I'm sure you remember drive-in movie theaters. Yes, you were there. This is a pastime unknown to younger generations, which is now making a comeback across the nation. Drive-in movies allow for distance to be maintained while also getting to enjoy being out around other people. New technology has even allowed for audio connection through a designated radio station. And just last week here uh, in one of the outer uh, cities uh, near New Orleans, they actually had an outdoor concert at a drive-in theater, which I think is actually kind of cool. So in this time of coronavirus, we must continue to remind ourselves of these silver linings and occasionally take a break from the otherwise heavy stuff that we talk about. Now, it's easy to get bogged down in the pressing news each day, so seeking out silver linings helps to maintain a sense of ease and to manage stress. You'll be hearing more of these stories from us very, very soon. Reminiscing on the old days, huh? <laughs> get out of here. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at Dr. Derry. You can follow Noise Filter at Noise Filter on social media and NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Of course. Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home. And please wear masks whenever you go outside. Health is a human right.